Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex with my co-host here, Brett Hanfling. And today we want to talk about this kind of Knicks team that doesn't really have an identity. Are they lacking defense? Are they living and dying by the three-point shot? What is going on? Why are they losing games? Because more or less they have the talent to be a fantastic team, but they are facing some struggles right now, ranging from defensive uh, deficiencies like losing in transition points and really doing some things that we thought they would do a lot better. Before we dive into kind of what is going on with the squad, what their identity is, or what they're trying to make it be, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, myself, I'm doing good. You know, a little frustrated by the Knicks, but I'm not going to let the sky fall. Um, you know, the Knicks are five and three. Um, you know, you always sort of have to ground yourself and kind of remember what the situation was two years ago, last year. Now, we're... Sports fans, we're sports media. We like to overreact to things. It's fun. Sometimes it's fair. But I'm going to stay a little grounded. Now, the Knicks lost to the Pacers, uh, 111 to 98. Just didn't play a good game, flat out. Defensive, poor showing. Um, you know, offensive, didn't really have the juice, didn't score 100 points. Um, you know, it's two straight losses. They lost to the Raptors. Both, you know, decent teams, you know, mediocre teams, could be solid. Um, I actually think the East is actually really good this year, which is one sort of a silver lining that these teams that we're losing to are solid teams, but, you know, it's going to be tough to win a lot of games this year. Um, but, you know, like you said, identity. What are the Knicks' identity? Last year, it was defense. And, you know, going back just a week, which, by the way, last time we recorded this was after the Chicago game, which we were flying high. I was feeling good. Um but I was saying that this team's identity is not just defense. It's three-point shooting. They're a high-flying offense. And since then, you know, they've come down to earth a little bit. Um, so, you know, the defense last night wasn't good, and the three-point shooting last night wasn't good. So you're not going to win games like that. The Knicks shot five for 20 – I wrote down five for 24 from three yesterday, while the Pacers shot 15 for 41, 39, that's 39%. Um, you know, part of that is bad defense giving them open shots. And part of that is the Pacers hitting shots. Now, which is it 50-50? Is it more? It's, it's hard to say. Miles Turner went seven from 10 from three. You know, if you're a Nick fan, if you're Tibbs going to the game, I would let Turner. He's a solid shooter, but are you going to, you know, you can't rearrange your whole defense to get Miles Turner out of his, out of his shooting stroke. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts, Alex? It's tough, man. I mean, this team, they are so inconsistent right now, and that's really what's bothering me, right? They shot 20.8% from three-point uh, land, yet you know they're trying to identify themselves as this elite three-pointing team. They still rank second in the league at 39.3% in three-point shooting, but the reality is, is like they still are very inconsistent in portions of their game that we expected them to be great in, right? The defensive efficiency, they currently rank 25th in defensive rating, which is yeah. far below what we anticipated, you know, a Tom Thibodeau-led team. And I think we're seeing kind of the impact of, you know, Reggie Bullock and the loss of um, Alfred Payton is like super defensive, uh, you know, those losses there. But what do you think really for the most part is going on between, you know, losing those guys and then Kemba Walker not really being able to pick up the slack? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – I don't know if I totally agree with that Kemba thing. I think he had two good games in a row or he had two games and then he had two not-so-good games in a row. Um, he's a good shooter. He went 0 for 5 from 3 last night. Um, partly teams are looking at the Knicks going into the game like this team is a good three-point shooting team, and I think they're playing us that way. There were a couple different times that Kemba got run off the three-point line. One of them, he made a nice floater. One of them, I either just, you know – 
just dished it out. It didn't work. Um, so teams are going to adjust. I, I, I think the three point shooting is going to be a part of the Knicks identity. I think they have the shooters. Um, and you know, every time it's a bad shooting game, we could say live and die by the three. But if you have good three point shooters, if you get good shots more often than not, you're going to live by the three. Um, you know, the lead is going to, <laughs> you had the fire uh, sirens going and now I have them. <laughs> um, the lead is going to three-point shooting. It's going to high-powered offenses. It's not going to get away from defense. Um, but luckily, I think the Knicks have the shooters to keep up with the lead. You have Kemba. You have Fournier. You have Randall as a solid shooter. You have RJ, whose stroke has been great this year. Quickly, who's, I think, shooting in the 20s for three. But, you know, how well he shot his rookie year, I don't – we could come back to quickly if you want. I don't expect that to stay. Um but the Kemba thing, listen, I don't think Kemba, because you asked about Kemba and I went on this this tangent, I don't think Kemba is going to be this borderline all-star player. He's not. Listen, he, I think he'll be a plus player. If he shoots the ball really well, it'll help the offense. Like I said last week, he's not a true pick-and-roll type point guard. He's not going to set up that many people. Um, but I'm not that worried about Kemba. I think his stroke is still there. I still Look, he's still shooting, uh, what is he? He's shooting 51% from three this year. Wow, I'm actually a little surprised by that. Um, so I'm actually not worried about Kemba. I, I so with Kemba, like I'm not entirely worried about him, but there is a defensive drop off. I mean, obviously the offensive uptick is far more important there. Um, you know, over Elver Payton, I'd rather have Kemba a hundred percent of the time. Um, but he did miss five three point shots in this last no, game. He, he shot bad two of eleven. Yeah. yeah, he was bad, and like that's. Really, the lack of consistency, you know, Kemba did say they're still gelling. They're still trying to build chemistry and whatnot. Um, I think that's definitely a pretty good excuse at this time. But consistency, they need to show more on defense, right? RJ Barrett is looking like a bona fide superstar right now. Four straight games of 20-plus points. Um, he's been playing good defense in, in, you know, some of those games. Others, like last night, not so much. They were really cold uh, shooting from three. But, you know, do you do you think that they've kind of identified themselves as this kind of living and dying by the three? Because the games that they shoot 35 38% plus from range, uh, I think they've only lost one game when they're shooting that high. But the games that they mostly lose, they're shooting 20 to 30%. And I think it's kind of a big indication that they're living and dying by the long ball here. Yeah, I mean, I would like those extremes to come down a little bit. It's not like it, I'd like it to be if you have a crappy shooting night, you don't automatically lose and vice versa. Um, but I, I'm okay with sort of this team being connected to how they shoot the three ball. Uh, like we said, Kemba was 0 for 5 last night. Fournier was 1 for 5, I believe. Uh, 1 for 5. That's 1 for 10. Those are good shooters. Um, I, I think Fournier is a really good shooter. I think he's effortless. Um, you know, he has... He's come down a little bit the last two games, but I'm okay with this team being more high, highly correlated to three-point shooting than the average team. I'm really okay with it. It's going to get frustrating. It will, especially like my dad. You know, He's sort of an old-school basketball fan. He doesn't like these threes. He says, you shoot too many threes. They need to play defense. I agree they need to play defense. That doesn't mean you can't shoot threes, though. <laughs> no, I agree. And I think they're trying to become physical and shoot, but I, I think they can you know, the rumors that they should, they were trying to attempt to trade for Miles Turner seem like they should have done that now, or maybe he'll be a target at the deadline, but the Pacers, I think they, they're pretty confident. They have a solid squad and they're going to be a pretty decent team the rest of the way. Um, I feel like personally, we lack that big scoring center, right? Nerlens Noel is essentially useless as an offensive player. 
Jericho Sims useless as an offensive player. He's just a rookie. I don't blame him. Mitchell Robinson has some utility, but he doesn't shoot. He's really just a putback dunker or like, you know, uh, kind of interior paint scorer. Like they don't have that one guy that gives them that extra element. And I think investing in a player like that would do them well. Do you think that maybe Miles Turner could be a trade deadline target for them? Let's say the Pacers are a middling team. They're unsure. Maybe he could be a guy they could look at. I, I think it could be something worth looking at. He's a good shot blocker. He's a good three-point shooter. And as a big man, that's two great skills right there. Um, I, I don't, I'm not in love with it. I actually like Mitch a lot more than the average person. I know he only does putbacks and alley-oops, but his field goal percentage is really high. Um, what is it? Uh, 83%. Yeah, that's, first of all, that's crazy. I know it's just putbacks and dunks. But, you know, Mitch wasn't involved last night. And... You know, some games he's a little less engaged. Sometimes the point guards aren't getting him involved. I th- still believe in Mitch to be a rim protector, to shoot a really high percentage. Um, listen, Turner was amazing last night. He beat us. So it's easy to say coming off that to be emotional and saying we need Turner. It's worth looking at it. I I, I, I like where the Knicks are. I, I want them to keep building. We're only eight games into the season. Um, it's easy to forget where we came from. I want them to keep building. and. Um, like you said, the Pacers are a good team. They beat the Heat. They're the only team to beat the Heat. Um, so they're a solid team. We had a bad night. Now, we've had two bad nights in a row. So you got to stop the bleeding. But um, I'm, I'm not going to get too too concerned. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, we want to keep this segment short and whatnot. But I think this is really coming down to the boiling point of can the Knicks become that elite defensive team that we need them to be? Because ultimately, I think Tim Thibodeau, his style, you play hard on defense, you're aggressive on defense, and the offense is a complement to that. You know, making big stops is a lot easier than letting the other team score and trying to keep up. And I think that's what the Knicks have been doing. They've been trying to keep up with with bad defense, with elite scoring. And I think when they're not on, when their shooting is not on or they're cold that night, their defense isn't good enough to hold them and keep them in the game. And that's where they're faltering. That The Knicks won a lot of games last year. Um, because their defense kept them in the game and they had just all they needed was a couple of good shots and the, and that's all it took to win at the end and a lot of good resiliency. But the Knicks this year, if they're cold, they're pretty much a guaranteed loss. You know, losing to Orlando, losing to the Raptors, losing to the Pacers, like all beatable teams. And evidently, like they're just lacking that those big moment stops, momentum killing defensive stops. And I think if they don't get those, it's going to be a long season um, for them. But I think they're still gelling. The chemistry, the communication is still flowing and it's still, you know, trying to get to where it needs to be. Do you think it will get there? That was the question. Defensively? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, listen, they were fourth in defensive rating last year. Now, you know, Alfred is a, is a plus on Kemba defensively, not overall, but defensively. And um, Reggie Bullock is a plus on Fournier defensively. So you, you drop off a little there. But it's a Tom Thibodeau coach team. Um, I, I, I don't think they're not playing hard. I think they're going to continue playing hard. You know, last night, Pacers shot really well. Um, RJ's defense has taken another step. You know, he, he really cares. He really, he really wants to be a good defender and takes pride in it. Um, Mitch has looked good defensively. We just got Nerlens Noel back, who had an awesome block last night. Um, you know, Julius... And, um, you know, Obi's taken a little strides defensively this year also. So, listen, fourth, fourth in defensive rating last year was awesome. We may not get that high. But if we can make up for that with the better offensive uh, rating, better offensive shooting, you have a good team. Um, now, we've barely talked about R.J. Barrett, and he had an awesome game. He has had a couple awesome games in a row. He had, what, he was eight for – he was awesome in the second quarter. He ends up only shooting eight for 20, but he had 23 points. 
Um, he's just looking confident. He's looking strong. He's taking the ball to the rim. Um, he's becoming that first option. Now, Julius Randle will probably always be the first option, but he's becoming um, good enough to be that first option and somebody to rely on end of games, somebody to rely on when you're cold. Um, and and you got to remember, if you know we're five and three, and RJ Barrett is playing awesome, that's two really good things right there. You know, now I expect Julius Randle to pick it up. He's had a, a slow start. He was second all team NBA last year. Was that you know an aberration a little bit? Maybe a little bit, but he's still a really good player. They need those two to be playing at high levels at the same time, right? When Julius Randle's not playing elite, elite play, he's not the same. The team doesn't play the same. They don't rally the same. Um, and ultimately, I think if those two guys are playing, you know, consistently and, and building off and, and playing off one another, we're going to see a really great team. But like you said, Randle just hasn't been as good as he needs to be offensively um, and defensively as well. I mean, he, he only shot two three-pointers yesterday, and he missed both of them. So it's unfortunate, but I think uh, they'll pick it up. It's The season is very young. And they're not even close to being in midseason form. They started off really strong and then kind of like settled down a little bit. And I think now they're trying to figure out uh, their their identity. And I think they went into the season feeling a bit egotistical and then got a little smacked in the mouth a bit. Um, and they're kind of realizing well, that they have some vulnerabilities. I mean, yeah, listen, we <laughs> egotistical to the max. First of all, we had our best season in years. We added a couple of good pieces. We got off to a hot four and one start. We had the Bing Bond going. We had Mike Breen calling Bing Bond. We had the... T- Nick's Twitter going nuts. We got a little ahead of ourselves. I still, we're going to be a good team, but we, we got going a little hot from the start. I agree. <laughs> I th- yeah. And I think that's really what's happening right now. I think they're realizing like, you know, they, they weren't hustling. RJ Barrett has even said on multiple occasions that we just haven't hustled enough. They've we've been out hustled out, phys- you know, out physicality or whatever. I mean, a word. Um, but gr- <laughs> they, yeah. They've been, they've been out, <laughs> outrun, outpaced, you know, they're just not playing like they have anything to lose. You know what I mean? And I think that's what Tom Thibodeau said, you know, yesterday he said, good teams play with an edge. You know, they always have an edge. And I think that the Knicks lost that edge with with all the excitement and, and, and ego going around. And I think now they feel like, you know, maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Maybe we have to play and, and beat these bad teams because ultimately good teams beat bad teams. That's how yeah. it is in every sport. Good teams destroy bad teams, and the Knicks have lost a couple to some so-so teams with bad depth. The Raptors and Pacers both do not have good depth. The Knicks have great depth, and they still haven't been able to utilize them properly. I think they're missing like um, a, a few defensive just you know keys. I mean, it's, it sucks to go see Franklin Tilakina on the Mavs right now, and he's killing it. Like not only is he a good defensive player, but he's throwing shooting threes and he's scoring he double-digit yeah. points. He looks good, and everyone's like, "Whoa, what? What the hell?" Like some guys, you know, they leave, and you're like. You know, they're playing really well elsewhere, but at the same time, it's like maybe they had a bigger purpose or, you know, maybe they had, they served a certain role that now we're missing. And I think that the Knicks are start, are still trying to figure out their player combinations, um, specifically on defense. I would heavily expect the Knicks to be active at the deadline to acquire a good defensive player. I think if they were able to snag Miles Turner, I don't know what it would take to get him, but they have a lot of depth pieces. They could trade in a potential deal. He is not only a phenomenal defensive player in terms of blocks, but he's also a freaking insane offensive weapon too. You have a guy that can shoot threes, a big man who can defend, block shots, shoot, and score efficiently. It brings another element to a team that already has a monster power forward in Julius Randle, a nice growing young guard in R.J. Barrett and two solid point guards in Kemba and Rose. Um, I think that personally he could be like a, a you know a piece to that puzzle that you know we are missing right now. But again, this is all just like you know shoulda coulda woulda or what ifs. 
So, you know, who knows, but they are missing a key defensive piece here. Um, but anything else on your mind that you think, you know, this Knicks team is really at a loss of right now? No, I mean, the depth thing is is tough because Obi only played 11 minutes last night and he looked pretty good. His 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 body control in the air, not just the alley-oops, but like there was a finish where he was sort of in between people and laid it up is better. And he's not getting that many minutes. And Quickly's not getting that many minutes. He's not playing great, but I think partly it's hard to get comfortable when you're not playing that many minutes. Um, so I, I, and now that uh, Nerland Noel is back, Taj didn't play last night. I just think this whole depth thing has, it's good on paper, but it's thrown some guys a little out of whack. Um, I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about it, but it's worth mentioning. Absolutely, guys. But make sure to subscribe below on Fireside Giants on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. As always, really appreciate it. I, I have so many firesides. Subscribe, to, to, both. Fire subscribe to both. <laughs> yeah, subscribe to both. We got the Giants. If you're a Giants fan, although I don't know why you'd want to watch the Giants right now. We produce some good content over there, though. Every day we got new stuff coming out, you know, film breakdowns and talking shit about Dave Gettleman. Always a fun time. <laughs> um, but make sure to subscribe to Fireside Knicks primarily. You know, we got a lot of great content coming up. We just posted a cool RJ Barrett highlight film on the YouTube channel. So go check out his highlights from the past couple of games. Guys looking like a stud. You know, I want to talk about the financials at some point with RJ Barrett and how the Knicks have set themselves up so nicely for the future with their financials, which is like really you know, something that we haven't been able to say for the last couple of decades. They've been really bad in the financial part, but the Knicks have turned it around, setting themselves up for the present and the future. Make sure to go subscribe, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Knicks video.